From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, WUB Sports Director Brian Kirk gives us a rundown of the happenings up in Toledo this week. Yeah, this game was very similar to the first time uh, the Bobcats and Rockets met. Uh, Ohio got off to a pretty slow start in the first half, had a good bit of turnovers, missed a lot of field goals, and... Toledo was taking advantage of those turnovers and getting a lot of points off of those. Uh, they led by 11 at the half. And Nick Veland ventures out into Logan, Ohio to tell us more about a festival dedicated to a world-famous cryptid. Bigfoot, fun, education, conservation, but a little bit of restoration. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. Athens City Council explored options to extend the citywide mask mandate on Monday. WUB reporter Nick Veland has more on the extension of the mandate. The city's current ordinance is set to expire at the end of the month, and an amendment is needed in order to keep it past then. The ordinance looks to extend the order until May 31, 2022. According to Councilmember Sarah Grace, this was decided as a good date in order to lower precautions once the town decreased in population due to students leaving. Due to the exponential decrease in COVID cases, however, the council will keep monitoring if cases get low enough, and the extension could even be scrapped. But you know, Athens Mayor Steve Patterson did mention that there is an important game Sunday that can bring people out and could allow cases to rise again. The council will reconvene in two weeks for its second reading, and they will have more discussions then, and then it will still have one more reading after that to make the final decision. For The Outlet, I'm Nick Veland. WUB's lead forecaster, Aaron Ashley, and forecaster Cam Casino joined me to talk about the results of last weekend's brutal ice storm across the region. This storm was unpredictable from the start. We had such a hard time forecasting this because the temperature was hovering just about freezing for a while. So it was really difficult to pinpoint like what sort of precipitation type we would see. We had a big, big problem with you know freezing rain versus sleet versus rain versus snow. It was it was a disaster, and most of the day it was just raining because the temperature did not quite get to that freezing that we wanted to see. So freezing rain and sleet are the main hazards to look out in a storm like this. Yeah, that's exactly right, Taylor. Because the beginning of the storm just consisted of mainly rain showers, roads were incredibly difficult to pretreat because all that rain dissolved all the salt. This means that any salt that had previously been placed to prevent the ice from freezing was no longer there, and slippery conditions got ugly really quickly. Yeah, and every single county in our area saw either a level 2 or level 3 snow emergency. And, you know, these snow emergencies are declared by each county sheriff, and they restrict what sort of travel we're allowed to see. And in a level 3 snow emergency, you're not allowed to be on the roads at all. So was there anything else besides dangerous road conditions we should look out for next time? Absolutely. There's a lot of dangers that come with winter storms, and power outages are probably the greatest. This is because the ice that falls tends to accumulate on power lines, and it can cause them to snap, or they can even accumulate on trees. It cause branches or whole trees to fall if there's enough ice. It's, it's definitely really dangerous, and there were a lot of power outages in our area during the winter storm. And so while this is something we cannot necessarily prevent, it is something that we can definitely prepare for next time. And even with the ice and snow melting from last week's ice storm, the city of Athens is reminding people to make sure they're cleaning up their sidewalks following winter weather events. Sarah Donaldson digs us out of the confusion. The city of Athens is one month and more than a dozen inches of snow into 2022. Inclement weather events make a mess for drivers in the hours that follow. 
But for Athenians braving the cold by foot, untouched sidewalks can create a precarious situation if the temperatures stay frigid. Imagine somebody that stepped out into traffic to avoid walking through an icy sidewalk, uh, doesn't see a vehicle coming because they're stepping around, uh, you know, vehicles that might be parked in the, in the parking lane. Athens City Ordinance requires residents and business owners to clear snow and ice from their walkway within four hours of daylight. And for renters, Chicky says not all landlords will handle snow removal. I think there's a lot of assumptions that are made between landlords and tenants. And from the city's perspective, uh, those agreements are between uh, those private entities. With some clear and some not, wintry sidewalks are an accessibility issue for residents with mobility issues. Inclement weather is one of those things that really points out how a lot of us um, don't need to be aware of or thinking about different accessibility features. Bush says when shoveling or salting, don't forget about ramps or other cuts in the curb. Just being aware that how you clear snow um, matters and sometimes what you're doing can actually make um, accessibility worse for individuals with disabilities. Not everybody can can step around an icy condition. Not everyone can uh, can move as freely. Chicky says the city just wants to see residents and business owners comply with city ordinance, not for them to be hit with citations and fines. He recommends keeping equipment to clear snow and ice on hand through the winter season and giving extra time in the morning following a winter storm. Part of, of clearing snow and ice is being a good neighbor to people. Research shows that 95% of New Year's resolutions are fitness-related. But after three months, only 10% of people believe their resolutions will last. Kate Anderson takes a look at how people are beating the odds and keeping up with their resolutions on Ohio University's campus. Keeping up with New Year's resolutions can be very difficult, but there are some key factors to staying motivated. An attendee of F45 classes, Audrey Grone, began attending classes to help her stay consistent with her fitness goals. She explains that the workout was really hard at first, and she would question why she was going. That feeling quickly passed, and now she attends five classes a week. We would say to each other after a workout, like, hey, whose idea was this? But then we kept going again, and we absolutely loved it, and we can just see progress, and it's so addicting and motivating. F45 workout instructor Ava Penley has advice on how to keep up with goals. So everyone likes to do New Year's resolutions, but ultimately, you know, joining something that's going to make you stay consistent, um, make you show up and make you work hard. So definitely joining something where other people can support you and where you're able to stay consistent. Joining a workout class is not the only way to keep up with fitness goals. Melanie and Jillian Newman hold each other accountable by working out together. They look up workouts beforehand to have an idea of what they want to do, and Jillian explains how the buddy system works for them. Go with the buddy. Working out and teaching yourself stuff is kind of hard, so it's, I always like learn stuff from each other and like from her and everything, and that makes you more like resilient to like keep on going. Melanie adds that having a workout in mind before heading to the gym is very important. It also doesn't hurt to look up lifts beforehand. Mm -hmm. I know I do a little like Googling or sometimes even like TikTok these days shows you some good workouts. Fitness can be really hard to keep up with, but the most important thing to remember is change does not happen overnight. People who have been successful in completing and surpassing their fitness goals explain that consistency 
is key. Be consistent. Like, think about it. You're not going to see results right away. And there's no better feeling than achieving your goals. Reporting for Outlet, I'm Kate Anderson. I'm joined by WUB Sports Director Brian Kerb on all the ups and downs of Ohio's loss to Toledo. Brian, tell me what happened. Hey, thanks for having me. First of all, last night's game was a battle between the top two teams in the MAC, Ohio and Toledo. And let me just say the atmosphere was electric up there. Uh, a lot of Toledo fans, a lot of Ohio fans actually made the trip up from Athens. Uh, it was pretty close to a full house, and even Toledo, they were giving out white t-shirts, so it was pretty close to a white out there. Student section was great. Unfortunately, the result wasn't what uh, the Bobcats wanted, though. Yeah, tough result. What happened with Ohio during this game, Ryan? Yeah, this game was very similar to the first time uh, the Bobcats and Rockets met. Uh, Ohio got off to a pretty slow start in the first half, had a good bit of turnovers, missed a lot of field goals, and... Toledo was taking advantage of those turnovers and getting a lot of points off of those. Uh, they led by 11 at the half. Ohio almost made a comeback in the second half. Tommy Schmock, who's a senior transfer from Finley, Finley, Ohio, um, he had 14 points in the second half, uh, led the team in scoring for the night with 17 points, but uh, unfortunately Bobcats couldn't pull any closer than that. They ended up losing by 15 to the Rockets, 77-62, uh, to and they now have uh, two losses in the MAC, both of them to Toledo, unfortunately. And so who was it that was giving Ohio so much trouble? So in the first game when they met, it was Ryan Rollins and Ray J. Dennis that put up big numbers uh, here in Athens to beat the Bobcats. But up there last night, there were actually four Rockets that scored in double figures. Uh, one of the big plays that caught my eye was Cedric Milner in the second half. Uh, just a monstrous dunk, and that pretty much you know ended the game right there. About four minutes left, the whole crowd erupted uh, at that point. I think the Ohio bench knew and, you know, I kind of knew that, you know, it's going to be hard to come back at that point because they had the crowd on their side. Uh, you know, it was a tough one. Well, it's been a busy couple of weeks for Ohio. So tell me, what's ahead? What's coming up? Yeah, you're completely right about it being a busy couple of weeks for the Bobcats. They've actually are playing six games in 12 days. They're in the midst of that right now. Last week in Athens, they played Ball State, Eastern Michigan, and Western Michigan. And obviously they played Toledo last night. But now they head to Central Michigan Thursday to take on uh, the Chippewas. And then on Saturday, they stay in Michigan to take on Eastern Michigan. And then, you know, obviously they return to Athens. An absolutely huge game on Tuesday against Miami in the Battle of the Bricks. Looking forward to hearing about that Miami game, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking. Something unexpected is hiding in the Hawking Hills, lurking there, something unseen by many before. In one southeast Ohio town is betting big on a new festival celebrating the cryptid with hopes of revitalizing their downtown. Reporter Nick Vigeland has more. Nestled in the Hawking Hills, Logan, Ohio is known as an outdoor destination. But if you believe B Mills, it's also home to something else. This creature called Bigfoot. Known as the Bigfoot capital of the state, it's putting on its first ever Bigfoot festival in August. Being able to have this festival to help encourage not only Bigfoot, fun, education, conservation, but a little bit of restoration. The Appalachia area that's vast with trees, rivers, and lakes makes this habitat perfect for Sasquatch and what makes the state ranked in the top five for Sasquatch annually according to Mills. 
So this area is kind of um, a really nice nexus to um, be able to hone in on the possibility of Sasquatch living in this area. Back that up with the reports and the evidence that we've accumulated from this area, it just makes sense. The mayor of the city, Greg Fraunfelter, sees the festival as a great opportunity to use the mystique of Bigfoot to draw some people to town. The fact that we've got this Bigfoot uh, thing going on out there, um, why not capitalize on it? Why not get people to come down? Part of the proceeds from the festival will go to the revitalization of the Logan Theater, and the theater president, James Martin, sees the theater being a huge part of the community when it's done. Something like this that wasn't pulled down and there was an opportunity to revitalize it, get it back in, be at the heart of the community and actually make it better than it ever was. Um, to me, it was just something that I really, really wanted to do and I thought we could, I could give back to Logan. For The Outlet, I'm Nick Veland in Logan. Now I have Nick in the studio to talk about his trip out to Logan. Now, Nick, what were some of the behind-the-scenes findings? Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Well, when I went out to Logan... Really was open-minded about this and then getting to talk to I talked to the theater president the person that's founding this festival and then the mayor the city of Logan itself loves Bigfoot a lot of different stores and different places around the town just have Bigfoot signage all over the place one of the pizza places I was able to see basically had their logo on a Sasquatch outline which I thought was really really cool and just all in all the city of Logan and Sasquatch is you know, have some history together, and, you know, it's really, really cool to see that um, in a community. And, like, talking with the mayor, the mayor loves this as well, and he sees this as an opportunity. He's been mayor for around seven years now, and his one goal is to revitalize Logan. Um, he did mention that when the Walmart was built, that the jobs kind of went out there, and then the downtown area kind of took a hit from that. Now he's trying to bring the people back to downtown, and he sees this festival as a big opportunity. And so he's just using the Bigfoot to kind of, you know, bring people back in, hopefully get people back to the downtown community and hope opening up more shops and really bringing the life back to the downtown of Logan. Now, the festival is going to be two days in August, and it's going to be a lot of fun talking with the, you know, the founder of this festival. She's really invested in basically everything with Bigfoot and fun in the outdoors and just really wants to bring people outside and, you know, kind of back to normal coming out of this, you know, pandemic and everything. And talking about the revitalization of Logan, you know, the theater in the downtown area is a major historic part of the community. And it's been shut down for many years now. And the theater president, James Martin, he hasn't, he's the most invested person in on this project. He came in and wants to basically build it back to what it was. He was able to show me around the everything and it's basically all restored except for the auditorium the auditorium goes back to like 1920 um same this some of the same seating from 1920 is still in there today um very dusty and they still really need to work that up and so it's this funding from this festival could really get them the money they need to really restore it and hope to bring it back to what it was so it was just really interesting to see what a simple bigfoot festival can really bring to a town into a community and to the individual members around it Thank you for joining me today, Nick. Oh, of course. Thank you. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Tish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. 
Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at WUB.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, outlet underscore WUB, and Instagram at WUB underscore outlet. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio. 